0: A well-respected high school football scout Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary The coach Keith Miller He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst
1: Craig, Craig Biggins Together they bring you the
0: transparent truth The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews The transparent tr- 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 truth <laughs> Welcome, welcome You're now listening to The Transparent Truth It's your boy, Coach Keith Intercom Studios Miracle Mile Massillon and Wilshire got here with Little to no traffic this morning Must be a good day Must be a good day on a Tuesday Looking forward to today's show Got a couple different things We're going to be talking about We got a sleeper of the week Who's going to double now As our one to watch From last year We're going to recap the Bosco Showcase we're going to be talking Jesse Sapolo's Super Lineman Tournament. And we're going to be touching on the Orlando Scandrick 7-on-7. Seven seven. I can't do this all by myself. There's just too much heat. That's why I got to have a co-host. Let me bring him in. It's my man, GB, Greg Biggins, 247 Sports. GB, how you doing?
1: Good, good, good. Good, good.
0: How yeah. you doing? Hey, Back, We're back recording on a Tuesday. Excited. Excited. I think today's show is going to be really good. Um, looking forward to talking a lot of pl- player personnel. Looking forward to talking about some performances over the last kind of six to seven days. So uh, we definitely want to tap in with you. I know you got some heat, some nuggets, some good scoop for us. But before we get to any of that, we always got to start the show off with... The Transparent Troop Recruiting Report. Recruiting. Greg Biggins, 247, 20-plus in the biz. Tell us
1: what it do. Yeah, so we had a, a handful of quarterback commitments, Keith. Just popping. Wow. Left and right. Wow. Just What's... left and right. Actually, you know what? Let, let's back up a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if we touched upon this one last week. I got to get my days mixed up. So if we already – did we already talk about Christian Grubb?
0: We did. Last week? I want to UCLA? To yes. yes.
1: I'm trying to figure out if we did. Um, and just to rehash that, for those who don't know, he was set to walk on at ASU, and they got a late offer from UCLA based much on his track performances, 1040, 100-meter time, uh, triple jump, 200-meter time, qualifier for state. So uh, they offered him late, and he took it down to the wire. And he decided, you know, I don't think we did, Keith, because it was uh, he decided May 14th, like right before midnight, that was the deadline. So oh. um, we did not talk about him. It was late Tuesday night last week when he made that decision okay. to kind of, he, he kind of went, went back to ASU, said, hey, they're going to offer us a scholarship, but he had already built up a super good relationship with ASU's running back coach and their track coach. And the plan was to probably put him on a scholarship maybe a year from now. And uh, they said, hey, you know, you just offered us, can you match it basically And they said, we can't do it right now. Uh, UCLA uh, was able to to get him to do both sports, track and football. So he'll play running back for UCLA, bring his 1040 speed. And, uh, you know, they had spots to give. So, you know, why not, right? Plenty of of cap room underneath that 85 total and plenty of room on on last year's 25 total. So uh, Christian Grubb decided to go ahead and sign with UCLA. Had three quarterbacks commit, uh, Keith. Shane Illingworth to Oklahoma um big shane norco uh, that was a little bit surprising they offered him about two weeks ago never been to oklahoma state before but i think with quarterbacks you know at one point shane looked like a pretty heavy arkansas lean and then a washington state lean and and the way with quarterbacks man if you don't pop right away that spot gets filled up and that's i think that's what happened with shane he was i don't know if he was getting nervous or not um because he's the kind of guy who's very much a go-through-the-process kind of guy, a I-want-to-take-my-trip-and-see-it kind of a guy. And, and he never got out to Oklahoma State yet, but he told me they had been on him for a while recently offered. He loves the offense, likes the coaching staff. So Shane Illingworth is leaving the West Coast to go to Oklahoma State.
0: Now, I like it. Getting back to Christian Grubbs, you can never have too much speed on the football field. Grubbs, a legit sub-10-4 guy – and you know what, Greg? We had him at the World Bowl. He's got underrated hands for a running back out the backfield. I believe that's going to pay dividends down the road for him. So great job uh, by Christian and UCLA kind of getting that done. But moving on to Shane Illingsworth, a big physical quarterback inside the pocket, can make all the throws. I like the fit with Mike Gundy. Gundy in the pokey offense, they spread it out. and They fired the ball down the football field. Um, I like the fit. They need a big, strong arm to push the ball vertically and push it to the sidelines on those 18-yard comeback routes, Greg. So, uh, Illingsworth, Gundy, Pokes. Hey, Big 12 football is going to continue to light up the scoreboard with Big Shane coming to town.
1: I'm getting Doug Brunfield. Doug Brumfield from Sarah High School. He committed to UNLV. It came down to UNLV in Kansas. And uh, he just liked the fit at UNLV. I think he liked the the location. It was close to home, but yet still – You know, he can get away. Uh, They really believed in him. They prioritized him. He took a visit there last month and loved it and just likes the fit, likes the coaching staff, Um, you know, likes Tony Sanchez a lot. And Doug Brumfield is locking his spot early, and he is going to be – I always want to call him the running Rebels because of my Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogden fandom back in the day. Yes. I think they're just the Rebels now. So Doug (laughs) Brumfield is going to UNLV.
0: No, they are not the running Rebels. They are just the Rebels, Greg, but I I agree with you. That good old 1990, 1991 UNLV squad, were they loaded or what, GB? That was so fun. That was so fun. I used to stay up and watch their games late, late at night on the local cable channel. But getting back to Doug Bromfield, how ironic is this, Greg? Last time UNLV had a big lefty quarterback come in, they went and won. A bowl game, had one of their best seasons ever, and that lefty quarterback was former Dominguez High School star Jason Thomas, who ironically went to the same school as Doug's father, Doug Brumfield Sr., who played cornerback on that Dominguez High School championship team. So Doug Jr., following in the footsteps of the legend Jason Thomas, out of Compton hey, Dominguez, Jeff. headed to go be a UNLV Rebel I like it. I like it a lot, GB. So congratulations to the Brumfield family. I think that's a a good decision for the young man. Not too far, but not too close. Go out, get developed, mature, become a young man, and go lead that team um, back to relevance there in Las Vegas.
1: And then we also, last but not least, we had Newberry Park quarterback, Ben Gulbranson, took his official visit to Oregon State over the weekend, and he popped for Oregon State. He's going to be a beaver. Uh, ben uh, was expected to have a big junior year last season. Um, unfortunately, he was hurt and missed half of it. But he was a guy who actually committed to Cal before the season even started. So kind of came in late, missed about five games. Um, but he's a you know, big, strong kid, uh, 6'3", 200+, plus, probably 205, 210-ish. And Oregon State, again, Oregon State, That was that was their guy. They prioritized him. And uh, he took an unofficial visit up there, I want to say, about a month ago. Loved it. They offered him there, came back for his official visit. And uh, it, it kind of would have been a little bit of a surprise if he didn't commit on this trip, which he went ahead and did. So nice job by Oregon State. Quarterback room. A uh, little bit light for the Beebe. So uh, definitely, definitely good for them to uh, to land a guy in Ben Gobranson. And like I said, Ben is now healthy and uh, has looked good this offseason. And he should hopefully have a big senior season and we'll see what happens but then go Branson, Oregon State so three quarterbacks all in the southern section all going uh, making their college decisions this past week Keith
0: More quarterback spots getting filled up quickly kind of speaks to what you talked about a little earlier. I mean those those scholarships they get taken away pretty quickly and if you don't lock down your deal you could be on the move and searching for a, a chance to get into a quarterback room so go Branson Committing to be a beef, going up there to go play in Corvallis. Congratulations to himself and his family. But, man, if you're quarterback, Greg, you have to find your fit pretty quickly because guys are getting committed. You know, Bryce Young, kind of before his junior year, guys are getting committed before their senior years. There's just not a lot of spots that are going to be left open here coming down the stretch. Uh, you talk about this summer and moving into the fall.
1: You know, it, it's interesting that you say that. I think Bryce – he wasn't the first to do it by any stretch, but I, I think we're going to see a bigger trend yes. of quarterbacks committing not before their senior season, but before their junior season. Yep. And I think at this point, the only drawback to doing that is, you know, you're, you're three years away and you don't know exactly the way, you know, there's so much coaching turnover right now. Right. You just don't know. But uh, it, I mean, if the, these kids take so many visits now, so many unofficial trips that, you know, it's almost like they have a good idea what they want to do. Spots are definitely limited. So man, if you have an idea and go ahead and you know it's interesting because, you know, I actually had Miller Moss, who's a twenty twenty one quarterback from Alamany, and he I had him pegged for Michigan and he told me he was gonna make an early decision. It didn't say it was gonna be Michigan. I thought it was gonna be gonna be Michigan, but he was gonna make a, a decision before this year before the summer, right? or excuse me, this, at some point this summer, Michigan took J.J. McCarthy, who's yes. really, really good, really yes. gifted kid out of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't fault Michigan for that. But what that does is now a school bringing it back local like a UCLA. I think Miller Moss might be their top 20, 21 quarterback. Well, they're like not going to offer a guy this early without getting, in, getting him into camp. And, you know, they've been recruiting Miller. Uh, you know, they haven't offered yet. Now that kind of gives them – Uh, a chance not like they're having to chase another school which I think they were chasing Michigan so uh, we'll see if I I can see UCLA and Miller Moss being a fit so it kind of shows how those dominoes fall you know when one school picks a guy uh, you know that that guy now he's got options that may not have been there before so uh, I I think it's the the quarterback dominoes I think they're going to start falling early and earlier every year
0: yep I think you are absolutely correct and um, you know it does bring a different set of circumstances to the equation. Like you said, with the coaching turnover, not only that, if you look about, you know, the player turnover, a lot of guys tend nowadays to go where other guys are going because they want to link up in college. But with that transfer portal, with coaching turnover, you just don't know where guys are going to be in three years. I mean, let alone three months, GB, you know, when the fall starts here. But um, it's going to be interesting. Definitely gonna be interesting, but congratulations to those quarterbacks and we look forward to uh, hearing a lot from them at the college level.
1: Yeah, and we'll finish it off with this. And again, I don't wanna get into, there's so many offers going out now, it'd be impossible to rehash all of them. But thing with the quarterback theme, you know, Baylor just offered TJ Stroud, Ranch Cucamonga, may have been my favorite quarterback from the NorCal opening oh, you know, two weeks ago. I thought he was the most consistent. And, you know, visited Cal, visited Utah. Those might be the two schools out west, but Michigan State and, uh, and Baylor are two schools from outside the area, both recently offered, and he really has interest in both of those two schools. Michigan State, I think, especially. And like I mentioned, they just offered him on Monday. They came out to see him, loved him, offered him. I-, I will not be surprised at all if he goes out and takes an official trip to Michigan State. He told me that he was going to before they had even offered. So now I think with the offer in hand, watch out for the Spartans. Watch out for Baylor. I know, like, you know, like locally, Cal – and Utah both love this kid. He is the top guy on their board as well. So being a Pac-12 guy and a Pac-12 homer and kind of being tired of all our top guys leaving, I would love to see you know Cal and Utah be able to bring in Stroud, but watch out for the Spartans and watch out for the Bears right now, the Baylor Bears, not just the Cal Bears.
0: C.J. Stroud, I like it. I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere, Greg, but I think um, maybe a little bit of a late bloomer, would you say?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I didn't really you didn't hear a lot of buzz about Rancho period until about week like seven or eight last year. You know, they they lost some guys to transfer. I think people thought, oh, Rancho's done. Lost their coach. And then they kind of just started to roll. You know, Mark Perry really ran the football extremely hard. And right. all of a sudden they started developing an offense. And you look up and you're seeing, hey, who's this quarterback? He can, he can really throw it. But he wasn't really a, a full-time starter until last year. So, you know, really good basketball player. Again, I'm a I'm becoming more of an analytics guy, and I love those two sport athletes, especially at the quarterback position. CJ's a not just a, a basketball player; he's a good basketball player. I think Rancho went to the finals last year in CIF, and he was a key player on that team. So, um, yeah, like you mentioned, kind of a late bloomer, and just not even close to peaking, which mm. you love, right? Some of these yes. guys have been, you know, with the quarterback coaches, you know, they came out of the womb. That's not CJ, man. He's still got a lot of room to grow and mm. develop. So. What you're seeing now, he's not, not even close to being where he's going to be three or four years from now. I'm,
0: I'm glad I'm glad you've said that, Greg. A lot of times people ask me, Coach, how do you spot that two-star guy who's going to play in the NFL? How do you spot that three-star guy? These are the things um, that I coin or that I I point to when you talk about a kid who maybe is a little underrated, a little under-recruited, could end up being... A big-time guy at the college level to move on to the NFL and have a very good career you look at a guy that you know uh, is, is young for his grade you look at a guy that um, who has not been specifically trained at the given position or even overtrained at the given position since a young age you look at a guy that's that like you said a two-sport athlete right that takes a lot of different movement skills and abilities uh, to be successful on both sides of those sports and how they translate um, when you kind of just focus on one sport when you get to the next level. So, Greg, these are the things, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably agree. These are the things that you look to that speak to how these underrated, under recruited kids really thrive at the next level.
1: No, exactly. And, and again, every year you see the NFL draft, and every year you always, you know, hear these stories about this guy wasn't highly rated. This guy was, you know, walked on. This guy went to one AA school. People are, how did you miss on these guys? Well, it's because all those things that you just named. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show, man, it, it, some guys peak early, some guys peak later. Yes. But if you're good and you work hard, man, you've always got a chance.
0: Yep, no no question about that. Um, thank you, Greg Biggins. Nice little recruiting report. Excited about the quarterback. It's always good to find your home. I'm sure it takes probably a lot of pressure, a lot of sweat from their knuckles, a little sweat underneath their knees. And it uh, takes the pressure off a little bit Now they can go out and play without having to worry about You know, do I have a gig or don't I But let me tell you something You better keep playing good ball Because as quickly as you commit it They will decommit from you If you start throwing pick sixes Come September So, uh, you know, good luck to all those guys And good luck to my guy Christian Grubb Christian Grub, Christian Grubb, Greg, is a great kid I don't know if you've ever met him Oh yeah, absolutely Okay, he's a, he's a great kid Uh, The nicest, well-mannered kid that you're probably going to meet. His mother um, is an agent, uh, a talent agent, kind of works for uh, Kerry Washington, who is like a big sister of mine. And Christian, you know, he's a kid I can see at the next level with, you know, continued development, really getting a shot to shine and running away from people in that wide open offense and getting him the ball in space. So, Christian Grubb, UCLA Bruins. Deshaun Foster, my classmate, 1998. Let's get it done, fellas. It's time to move along. Greg Biggins, it's that part of the show, my man. It's time to shine some light on a kid that hasn't been getting very much love from the college level. But you and I know this kid's a sleeper. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects. That need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So, thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support
1: right back at him. Sit Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five star stuff. This is high quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands. Thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow. Within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's
0: advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right. We're back. We want to talk sleeper of the week, Greg Biggins. This kid is a former one-to-watch from last year, a one-to-watch, which basically means he was a young guy, but, man, was he going to be a really good football player once he matured and and got some some varsity up underneath his belt. Had a, a good sophomore season, but has really thrived this offseason. GB, you just saw him a couple days ago. Why don't you lay the law of the land for my guy?
1: Yes, but Jesse Sapolo i trying to make, a, make sure I get this title right. A Jesse Sapolo is our Sleeper of the Week? Jesse Sapolo <laughs> was a guy who's got a chance to be good. I'm going to predict Super Bowls to this guy, Jesse Sapolo. There you uh, go. No, I, I saw – so I, let's just go throw his name out there. How about a guy who goes by the name of Jacoby Sims from Sarah High School in the beautiful city of Gardena. And saw him at the Jesse Sapolo – I want to say it's called the National Big Man Lyman National Challenge National I think I said National like 18 times there but <laughs> uh, It's okay 350 guys from all over the place got a team from Michigan was out there you had a you know a, uh, a FSP Tracy Ford brought a team out there and then you had a high school division and Sarah High School which we'll get to that more really performed well made it all the way to the finals had a, a couple of uh, I guess you could call it upset wins in this National Challenge tournament event including beating Bosco but for me, kind of jumped out uh, from Sarah with Jacoby, probably six one. Um, I would bet the media guy would probably say six two, but I'm going to be as, as fair as I can be, and I'm, I'm going to say he's probably closer to six one. But let's just say six one and a half. But man, super strong, great feet, just laddering. I mean, the guy just chop chop chop. I mean, he has feet of a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Keith, yes. Uh, but again, powerful. I mean, the guy has Justin flow like legs powerful upper body, extremely balanced, extremely coordinated. I bet this guy would be a great dancer, Keith, if he wanted to be, if he chose to be. That's how athletic and coordinated he is. Necessary toughness, necessary mean streak is there, necessarily nast necessarily nastiness is in there like you want it like you want to see in a young lineman. Only a twenty twenty-one kid. So if I'm a coach, I'm watching him very, very closely. He played right guard all tournament long, played a little, took, took some reps on defense too, but for me, he's a he's a guard center at the next level, whether he's one, whether he's 6'2", kid's a football player. He loves to compete. You can just tell. Plays with infectious enthusiasm and hustle, a great teammate, and uh, I really enjoyed watching him. It was a lot of fun. And he performed extremely well for those Cavaliers who aren't known for their line play. Uh, from what I saw, this looks like it's going to be their best offensive the line in, in at least four or five years, which is a great thing. And uh, yeah, nice job by Jacoby Sims and nice job by the Sarah Cavaliers.
0: A couple things stood out, what you just said, Greg. It, it didn't have to do with anything of the physical nature. I know his physical attributes. We know his physical attributes. He's built the right way. But more importantly, Greg, and I think this goes in all facets Like life, the mentality he has, right? The kid seems to love football. He loves to compete. He loves to get physical. He loves to train. He loves to impose his will on other people. I like those type of football players. I don't know about you. But give me those guys. Give me those guys who want to dominate and who work to dominate. Everybody wants to. Who works to dominate. Right? I love the mentality. He loves the game, loves to compete, loves to train. You give me that, I'll show you a scholarship player. You give me that, I'll show you a scholarship player. So, congratulations. My man Jacoby Sims at my alma mater, Gardena Serra High School, the home of the Fighting Scout. Alton you are transparent truth sleeper of the week nice job Greg good breakdown my man let's move along GB talking a few things really quickly I want to talk to you about Greg I had a chance to head up to New York this past weekend what a trip that was flew into New Jersey Rolled down to New York City. Had the 9th Street Food Festival, Greg. What an amazing situation that was. Near Times Square, we're on 9th Street and just enjoying life, man. Food galore. A lot of great people. A lot of fun. Me and, my, me and my guy, Gary Howard. Then we took it up to upstate New York, Syracuse to be exact. Held the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy Showcase. Had a good time. Had over 100 guys there. Some good competition. A couple guys got some offers from BYU. So it was good to see them. And uh it was a good thing, man. It was a very good thing. Had a lot of fun. Got a chance to fly back to LAX, which is a long flight, five plus hours. But we're here now. GB, we want to talk a little bit about that Bosco showcase last week. You didn't get a chance to go. You were doing some other things, some family things, which are much more important.
1: A little late beds with the mom. Yeah. Family things. I'll, I'll- Hey. I'll break it down. I'll break down some lay at the end of the show for those who want to know about you know some show tunes. And uh but right now let's talk about let's talk Bosco football, Chief. Go ahead. Absolutely. There.
0: Let's talk Bosco football. Um, you know, per usual, Greg, Bosco was loaded with talent. You know, five-star quarterback, five-star receiver, and a bunch of other four-star receivers who are really, really good, five-star offensive linemen. And a bunch of other four-star kids who are really, really good. Defensively, a lot they had some standouts, but I don't think the overall quality depth or experienced quality depth is there yet defensively. But um let's let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, DJ is the big physical quarterback with the with the super live arm terrific footwork again his ability to change tempos with the ball is really like his biggest improvement um he looked good i thought in the pocket receivers uh, i thought bo collins looked exceptional he is built like a um And Adonis on the outside, Greg. Just, you know, all of 6'3", 185 pounds, and probably, you know, 5% body fat. He looked great on the outside. Logan Lloyd, Chris Hudson, man, those guys stay dangerous, whether it's in the slot or on the outside. They're a tough matchup. The quickness, the change of direction with the elite hands. um, Logan looked great. Chris looked really good. So, you know, those guys looked excellent. I thought the offensive line looked very good, especially that left side when you line up. You know, Metcalf, Bednard. Um, On the other side, you're looking at big Ernest Green, the freshman who's soon to be sophomore. Um, He looks like a future, you know, top 10 draft choice. You better mark it down right now. Then you got King Maximus, Maximus Gibbs, playing that left guard. Uh, I mean, you know, when he comes off the ball and makes contact, Greg, I mean, he was snapping people's necks back. They look like young bobbleheads on the opposite side of the line. That and, and I told one of the college coaches, I said, I would take this left side with – they on that, at that point in time, they had Ernest Green and Maximus Gibbs on the left side. I said, I would take this left side over any left side in the Pac-12 right now in four years.
1: In four years? In four years. I said, I would not take, right now. No, not right now. Okay. In four Kinda years. Scared, scared me for a second. No, I mean, no. That'd be got 85 sacks in the first game those guys played against right, the college guy.
0: Right. No, no, no. In four years, meaning Max would be, you know, uh, a rising junior in college. Ernest would be a rising sophomore in college. In four years, I would take those two over any left side in the Pac-12. Yeah, they got a chance. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's a loaded group. Um, of course, Drake Metcalf, the World Bowl Hall of Fame All-American. He, he's he's so technique savvy. He's so physical. He's so smart. And um, man, they look good offensively. They look really good. Running backs. You know, they've got some young guys. Uh, Speedy Luke. Were they
1: were they out there? Yes, was uh was Speedy out there? Yes, he was. Okay, I know we got the track. You know, we got state this week. So I was curious what his football commitments were uh, yep. so far this offseason.
0: Yep, he was out there. The Sand Beast was out there, but he didn't really participate much. Still, kind of recovering from his injury um, okay. and getting fully healthy.
1: But I wonder when he's going to be fully cleared to go.
0: Right, I, probably this summer. I feel I'm interested to say probably this summer. But you know, they look really good offensively, defensively. Um, I'm a little concerned. With the pass rush, I thought Kobe looked looked good inside. Pepe, I thought he looked really good inside. He he looks like he's ready to take a big jump this season, Greg. You better mark that down right now. I thought on the edges, though, um, I didn't see the type of size, length, and athleticism um, that they've had over – or really the production. You you look about a guy like Cole Aubrey, right, who was super productive off the edge, you know, a double-digit sack guy. You know, three years in a row in his high school football career. I don't know if I saw that guy out there at the linebacker position. um, Saw some solid kids. um, Nothing that stood out too heavily. At the safety position, that's where they kind of hang their hats. John John Vines, Court Williams. Uh, At the corner position, I thought James Smith. Thought he looked pretty good. You better look out for this kid, uh, Tavon Beasley. Tavion Beasley. Tavion, Tavion Beasley, I believe his name is. Not Tavon Beasley. I think it's Tavion Beasley. He's got got some special traits, Greg. Uh, He's going to be a sophomore next year. He's got some special traits. Um, I didn't mention Joe McDuffie on offense. He also looked good at receiver. Um, And then Kendall on defense. He was playing, uh, switching on and off with Beasley. Um, I thought he did a nice job. Both kids earned an offer from BYU. Here was my thing, though, Greg. Court Williams, he kind of he's at this kind of you know nickel, sa- nickel safety spot. He's kind of on one side of the field versus these spread offenses. To me, it just doesn't maximize him. Court Williams looks like a young Ray Lewis, just in terms of frame. That's I I saw Ray in high school. That's what Ray looked like, and he's probably gonna have to make the transition to be a linebacker the next level. I would do it now. I would do it, and this is a great chance for him to really get the experience at the high school level, albeit the Trinity League, which I don't know if you could really call high school. But Court Williams, if I were were his coach, he'd be playing linebacker. He's got a perfect skill set for the position with his smarts, his quickness, his speed, sideline, sideline, his physicality, his length, um, his explosive power he doesn't need to be in a secondary. That's just my take on it. So, um, so that was the Bosco showcase. A lot of coaches, probably 50 or so coaches up there. Clemson was in the building, Oregon was in the building, Washington was in the building, BYU of course, Nevada. You know, everybody who was anybody was was out there watching these Bosco kids and maybe the most impressive thing, Greg, is the are the 8th graders who were on the sidelines. Whoa, they got an 8th grade group coming in. Holy smokes. They've got an eighth-grade group coming in that is loaded. Led by, you know, all everything quarterback, Hall of Fame, All-American, eighth grade, Malachi Nelson, led by, you know, Mateo Uyanalele, the six foot three, 230-pound, tight end, defensive end. And then you talk about, you know, the do-it-all running back, Nigel Osborne. Um, who's gonna be toting the pills for years to come for the Braves. So it was a loaded group. The eighth grade group is 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 you know, Bosco's not gonna slow down anytime soon. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. They got some heat coming in for sure. So it was a lot of fun though. Food was good. Appreciate that. Had some pulled pork. Had some um some 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 some, some what, what do we call that? a little little bit of steak. <laughs> A little
1: bit of steak. Yeah, I to say something really creative. Like, no, I guess that's some prime rib. Damp-y.
0: Really, I like, want really some prime rib. Some prime rib. Okay. Some pulled pork, some prime rib. Uh, the best things, though, are those. I don't know if you remember, Greg, because you, you were there last year.
1: Yeah.
0: Those uh, lemon. those No, those little lemon cupcakes, the little mini ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Those will make you weak.
1: <laughs> don't, don't you don't know, what, what you said about Court Williams is, is interesting to me. I think he's kind of like the X Factor for Bosco's defense. He's the guy who I feel is is a pretty special, unique athlete. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we look at their depth at the safety spot right now with Jake Newman and John John Bonds. I think you can afford to be really creative with Court and move them all over the place. And you mentioned the lack of, a, of really an elite pass rusher. You know, I was at the lineman challenge I mentioned, and Bosco was there. I think Kobe Pepe is going to have a big year. I like him a lot. Like mm-hmm. They didn't really have, and they'll move Kobe around. They did at the lineman challenge, but they didn't really have that. Like you mentioned, the dominant outside guy, like they've had with Cole Aubrey. Um, You know, they've had Malik Dorton on the outside. They had that other guy who's in Colorado right now. His name escaping me. Who just abused Mother Day a few years ago off the edge. Beautiful player. Yes, I, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing Court. I mean, he's speaking two hundred and thirty pounds almost, and runs a legit four five four six he would be a terror off the edge. and I, I trust Chris King. I think he's super smart. I think mm-hmm. they'll find a creative way to, to have him as a as a third down pass rusher, maybe move him inside, like you mentioned, on certain run situations. Like I said, you got two guys at safety, and Jake and John John, who can bring it. Right. And Jake's super smart. John's mm-hmm. a big athletic kid. So, yeah, how they move court and use him, and also court's extremely intelligent. So you can give him a ton of responsibility, and he can handle it. So, how they use him is going to be a lot of fun, I think, a lot of fun to watch this year.
0: Yeah, forgot to mention Jake Newman. I uh, thought he looked good. He looked mature back there. You know, like he like he's put on a little, little bit of weight up top. Good weight, good weight. Um, so, you know, I like the young guys. Normally, you know, when I go to these showcases, I, love, I want to see the young guys, the guys who are coming up. The eighth graders look phenomenal. But that ninth grade class that they had last year, who are now going to be sophomores, and that's Luke, that's, you know, uh, Beasley. Those guys are going to be really good as well. So it was it was, it was it was a good showcase. Good showcase. Always great to see, uh, you know, our friends at the college level had some good laughs, good food, good football. It was uh, – I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So let's move along, GB. Super lineman. We're talking super lineman. Jesse Sapolo, super lineman. You know, there's a – there's a there's some some talk out there, Greg, that Coach Keith doesn't like Jesse Sapolo. First of all, I don't know Jesse Sapolo, number one. And I don't know how I can't like a guy if I don't know a guy. That's number one. And number two is he seems to be a pretty good guy. I mean, I like what he's doing um, for these kids. I do love that. I like what he's done with um, Mitt. I don't know. Is Mitt and the Super Lyman the same thing, Greg? I don't know. I believe it is. Okay. And I
1: honestly, I've, I've never heard that. That Keith, Coach Keith, didn't like Jesse. Cappolo. Yeah, is that a rumor that's yeah, yeah, up? I think. yeah,
0: yeah, just some talk, know. you know, third party it's, talk. Maybe,
1: maybe you said that. Maybe you said something about seven on, and somebody took it personal and thought you meant all offseason. I don't know. Yeah, Jesse's awesome, dude. He's like the most humble, four-time Super Bowl champion you'll you'll ever meet. It's impossible not to like that guy. Well, you know, but, every, uh,
0: everybody's trying to find a reason to get mad, right?
1: Oh, fake outrage on Twitter, <laughs> insane. Although, yeah. Right. I was going to bring up the whole Maddie Johnson thing yesterday, but I don't want to get started on that. Oh, But, uh, yeah, the Lyman challenge, Keith, it was cool. That was my first time ever being there. I've been to Jesse's events. Um, I've been to, you know, the Talamai events, um, Chris and Penn. I've never been to a Lyman challenge, and it was it was very unique. Um, you know, I've said it multiple times. I'm a little bit seven-on-sevened out, so I, I chose to go to that one, and it, it was kind of cool. So, let's just set the stage. So, you have two teams, right? Let's just say it's Uh, Servite versus Orange Loop. That was who was playing when I first got there. And so it's five on five, best on best. Each kid goes two times each. And then they, and then they switch it. So you go, you know, your, your right tackle, right guard, center, left guard, and then your left tackle. Two times each with the opposing guy opposite from you. And then you switch offense, defense. And then you do two rounds of that. So it's kind of cool. And you get points. You get, you know, a two with a dominant win. Or a one point is if it's a win, but not like a, a pancake. And then you get, you know, after each deal, you, whoever has the most points, they win that round. And he had the you know, pull play, and they went to one and done. And it goes super fast. And it's kind of cool because it's just like boom, 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 you're out. Next group comes in. So long story short, Modern Day ended up being Sarah in the final. And, I mean, Modern Day has got three guys who just don't lose ever. Miles, Morale. Yep. George, Mikey Hahn, and Ty Mark. So no one else really had that automatic win. They had three of them. So you knew they were going to win. Um, and, and, they, and they just, those three guys are good, you know? And it's not just those three guys. Um, you know, Kobo Fumatu was really, really good uh, playing that right pass rusher. Yep. Yeah. Uh, really quick and has moves. Mm-hmm. And with school and everybody, uh, inside guys were okay. And then on the outside, they had a left defensive end who's a freshman. Outside linebacker, defensive end type. Last name is Bailey. I want to say David Bailey. I think he's the nephew of Donovan Bailey, though the, the sprinter. Okay. And wow. And this guy is going to be extremely good. Extremely. I Really? Mean, he's a, like I said, he's a freshman. Yeah. Dude, he just looks the part. I mean, I'll send you a picture, Keith. The guy just looks like a football player. Okay. And I'm going, Miles, who's that guy right there? He goes, that's David Bailey. He goes, he pushes me in practice every single day. He makes me better. And if you know Miles, Miles doesn't really talk up. No, anybody. you know Miles mm. is. You know he'll talk up. He'll talk up his fellow O linemen But as far as Miles hates defensive players. Period. So for him, brought him over, had me. You know, allowed me to introduce myself to him. Uh, super mature kid, just a freshman. And uh, David Bailey. So Marty looked great. They ended up being Sarah. We already talked about. You know how good Sarah looked, and I've always loved liked the Sarah program. Scott Allberg has been so good to me over the years. So it was really cool to see Sarah step up and, you know, they're always going to have, you know, really good skill guys, but if they can just get a, a physical dominant, you know, a couple of linemen in the trenches, they got a chance. Right. You know, they got not one but two quarterbacks, Malik Murphy and Doug so They got a, a slew of receivers, a really good secondary. Give me some linemen. So, um, I was impressed. Like I said, it wasn't just Jacoby Sims. They had a handful of guys that jumped out for me. Um, Got an A.J. O'Kelly.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: I'm not sure I'm saying his name right. Uh, Billy Claxton. And then their defense was kind of was kind of funny, Keith. The, the joke was they had a bunch of running backs playing defensive line. These guys are all about my sides. and it was just hard to block them because they would just line up and just speed rush. They had a couple bigger guys, but it was just a, a bunch of small, quick, fast guys. Um, I like Long Beach Pauly. Uh, James Ma'a-a. a Yeah. It's M-A-A-E. I don't know if there's a parenthesis in there somewhere. It probably is. Um, he was impressive. He was probably the maybe, – maybe had been the top center I saw uh, at that event. So it was good to see him. 3.8 GPA guy. he got a couple Ivy League offers already, but he's better than that. He's 6'1", 6'2", 330. So Longwich probably showed me something. Uh, St. John Bosco, you know, I, I saw them, and they were dominant early on. I thought it was going to be Devin Moderday in the final. That was going to be – he was going to be a nice little blood blast early between those two teams, mm. those two rivals. You, know, you had Drake on the left side. Uh, you had Ernest Green on the right side. You had a you know, really talented group on the inside. Defensive line, though, was I think probably the area. You know Again, Kobe was good. But after Kobe, they'd have a, another automatic win. And we don't have that guy who can just do that automatic one or two points. It, it's a little bit tough. So, again, Drake was good, left tackle. Um, but everybody else for Bosco, I'll be, if I'm being brutally honest and just being transparent, I saw a lot of guys who I think might be a little bit on the heavier side right now. Logan Bednar was also very good. Yes. But some has got good. I don't want to name names embarrass anybody, but some of these guys I think would really benefit by maybe cutting some weight, laying out a little bit, and getting a little bit quicker. Because I saw guys who couldn't react that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a guy runs right into you, they'll block him. Uh, if a guy tries to do a speed rush and you can slide out, you got a chance. But a guy does a counter move where you're having to slide and, and then stop, plant, mm-hmm. and drop back. Yes. Keith, they, they struggle to move. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They struggle to balance and, and get back to a different direction. They're not great laterally. Uh, and so, again, this is, it's just like we say, 7-on-7 seven seven isn't real football. This isn't real football. It's all pass blocking. There's, there's zero run blocking in this, and that's a huge part of what Bosco does effectively. And when you can have a defense just pin their ears back, obviously you're going to be, this, this benefits the defense, because you know what they're going to do in a real game you, you know, you don't know what they're going to do, run or, or pass. So I trust me. I still love Bosco. I love their offensive the line. I'm just saying, in this particular setting, I, I saw some guys that didn't have great feet or great quickness, as far as what they what they need to be to be elite. Um, I like Servite. You know, they got a guy who's really intriguing. Ender Aguilar is again. If you look at the analytics, it's not these guys that are three or plus in high school that are drafted. It's the guys that are two. Aguilar is going to make the adjust the move from tight end to O tackle this year. He's six five and he's two fifty. He also plays defensive end, but I think he's got a chance to be a really good left or right tackle in about two or three years as he gets bigger and stronger. Again, the the frame is there. He already is a willing blocker, and you know, just like I said about Jack Yari, and even last year, you know, your, your Mike Martinez is of the world, maybe even maybe even a Jude Wolf Those guys are first round draft picks nowadays as offensive tackles in college. So uh ender aguilar was kind of my guy to watch for servite this year i, I liked servite a lot and then i like orange lutheran you know i saw them at their showcase and they kind of had a reputation for not being super tough or super physical sure, sure. In the last couple of years right they mm-hmm. were a bunch of guys that were really skillful so i liked them a lot at the showcase and then i liked them at the uh at the uh, lineman challenge, too. You know, Jason White is the guy that kind of jumps out. You probably remember his brother, Torian White, yes. you know, a couple of years ago, Lakewood High School, the UCLA. But, you know, he's a young sophomore. But they had probably three or four other guys, Keith, that, to me, looked like legit college guys. Adrian Tenna is a tackle, 6'5", 300 pounds, um, size, strength, toughness. He can move well. Uh, he jumped out for me, and, and there's a few others. Too, as I'm trying to just, I I didn't write notes. Um, I'm just kind of like just watching it. And um, Justin Williams from Tesoro was excellent, as he usually is. Tesoro made a great run. I think Tesoro actually knocked off a couple teams and got to the semis. Um, Oak Hills uh, made it to the semis as well. That was like the uh, kind of the underdog Rudy role, but shoot, they had a bunch of guys that are look really good and everyone knows last year they had jason rodriguez going to usc they had a huge line last year i think everybody except for jason came back this year so nice yeah the one kid who we had we, we spotlighted him after the nike camp but no, no foe yeah no foe tofono no fo, tia yeah. um big time like he was dominant keith like he was really good he's still getting you know the kind of offers that how do i say it politely he's better than the offers that he's getting yeah, he still hasn't gotten his first real big P5 offer, so I'm kind of waiting for that one to roll in. So, but overall, it, it was fun and uh, it was enjoyable. I like watching linemen. You don't you don't see, you know, some of the, you know, it was guys were helping guys up and then they and then they beat them into the ground and they'd help them up and they'd smash them. You're not you're not seeing the constant trash talking, jaw jacking, back and forth. You oh. just see tough, hard nosed, physical football. <laughs> you mean just and, football? And that's why I wanted to go to it. That's why I appreciate the alignment. It was cool to see guys <clears throat> grind hard, not be soft, dude. They weren't just being like all nice and patty-cake, and they were killing each other. But then there was always that little show of respect after the rep was over. And that's, Jesse's big on that. So That was cool. You know, Soon plays over, help the guy up. Um, no injuries that I saw. It was a really well-run event. And, yeah, it was a good day.
0: What do you know, Greg? Guys went out there and played football. And there were no fights, no gunshots. And guys, you know, stuck his hand out and helped his fellow brother man. What do you know? Guys went out there and played football, competed, had fun, played hard, and everybody was safe. I don't know, just, a, just intriguing. Make you make you make you want to go hmm all right now that we know that that can be done let's get it done on multiple levels and platforms so thank you so much Greg biggest you know Greg it seems to always come back to Bosco modern day Greg for some reason not for some reason we all know <laughs> but it always seems to come back and you know I made, I made a, a statement on social media Greg I don't know if you saw this I did see that and I and, and I said that I said Bosco is the high school Thanos, and getting prepared for today's show.
1: Why well, I, I didn't see that one?
0: You didn't see that one.
1: I saw that. I saw the Bosco has skilled players who are better than seventy from seventy-five percent of the Pac-12, like right now, or something like that. Oh uh, yeah,
0: yeah. That, and that yeah, yeah. That, that,
1: that one was a little painful to listen to. I'll be honest. Hey. That was like the when Alabama could beat the Buffalo Bills type of type of stuff that you see on Twitter. You're better than that, Coach Keith. Come okay. on now, but hey, go on, go on with the thing.
0: Okay, well you you name me four. What is it? Seventy-five percent would be four. Four Pac-12 schools that has bet, that have better skill talent than Bosco.
1: I mean, every school in the Pac-12. There's not a single guy from Bosco, Keith, that would start for a Pac-12 school right now. I don't believe that to be true. Name one.
0: Arizona State.
1: Who would Oregon start State? for ASU? Huh? Who would start? Who would start for ASU?
0: Logan would start for ASU. Chris no, could start. for... Yeah, yes, he could. Come on, Bo Steve. could start for. Yeah, but I. When was the last time you went to ASU and went to go see practice?
1: I, I don't. I watched their games last year. I know who they have on the team. Okay. This is like Bo has yet to dominate a high school game. Now you got him starting at ASU. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Hey, I, I appreciate that, and I love Vasco. I love Logan like you do, but like, it's hard. You know how hard. These are juniors in high school. How about having to go compete against, like, Oregon State, Tyjon Lindsey. Remember how good Tyjon was in high school? He was way more dominant than anybody at Boston. I mean, he hasn't cracked. Yeah, but the college Oregon is a State different game. It's a
0: different thing. Huh? It's, it's different. College is different. Huh? This ain't Tate Martell running around, you know, throwing lollipops. This huh? is. This I'm is, just saying. These, I, are, these I hear are grown you.
1: men. These are 22-year-olds, and you're saying that 17-year-old is going to go beat them out tomorrow.
0: Happens all the time when these true freshmen go and start. But I, re- I digress. Hey,
1: I respect I respect you for saying... Anyway, so get, go to the, what's, what's with the Thanos? I didn't see the yeah, Thanos
0: thing. Okay. So I said, you know, Bosco is the Thanos of high school football. And some people loved it. Some people hated it, Greg. And... You know, a couple high-profile recruits. What do you mean that they're the Thanos high school football? Number one, you know, what about modern day? Number two, Bosco's loss for the last five years in a championship or something like that, some stat like that. And, you know, I just wanted to make sure people understood. Like, there's an analogy there. There's an analogy on the table. And you have to understand... Who Thanos is and what his role is.
1: Who is Thanos Keith? Breaking for those Marvel Avenger fans, give us who the who the heck, so, the heck is so Thanos.
0: Thanos is the probably most powerful and vicious villain in all of movie history, okay? Let's just start there. <laughs> he's got he's huge, he's powerful, he's got this unbelievably dominant presence and With that with those infinity stones and that glove on his hand, at the snap of his fingers, he can just destroy everything and everybody.
1: Just wipe out half half the population. Which he already did.
0: Right. So when you talk about Bosco, big bad Bosco, that's their that's kind of their thing. They're big bad Bosco. Big, very big team, very physical, intimidating, powerful, and The presence, when they come to a field, is that they're going to destroy you. And nine times out of ten, they're going to snap their fingers and they're going to put you away in the first quarter or the first half. Has has that not been their, uh, their calling card over the last few years? Absolutely. But, Thanos, in Infinity War, he wins. Bosco has won. They've taken home a title or two. What is it, thirteen and sixteen? Greg, is that right? Yeah, thirteen and sixteen. Yes, sir. But in the end game, Thanos ends up losing to the Avengers. Now, modern day, they could be be compared to as the Avengers when you got different parts from different places coming together and and Hopefully that that felt good saying that different pieces coming together from different places, banding together to go defeat the big bad bully, Bosco Thanos, big physical bully presence. Modern day the Avengers coming together to defeat the big bully um, in the end game, which is the championship. So hopefully that sums it up for everyone. What do you think, Greg? I mean, <laughs> does it make sense for is you?
1: Actually, in the- in, in the tweet, did you did you just say Bosco was Thanos, or did you actually also say Mother Day was the was the Avengers?
0: No, but I, I did not say Mother Day was the Avengers in that tweet. I did say it down so, the road, but I wanted people to figure that part out on their own. Like I, I don't want to give you the entire carrot.
1: You don't want to give them all the answers to the test right away, right? I mean, at some just point, like, my man Jesus spoke in parables. You were kind of speaking in, the, in a in a way to make you have to think a little bit,
0: right? Right, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to give everything away. I just wanted people to chew on it for a minute. So after I let it chew on it for about forty-eight hours, I finally had to come out <laughs> and say, "Okay, hey, listen, Thanos loses in the end, right? This Avengers group, which is kind of like the modern day group, they end up taking Thanos down. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we we uh, we got the point across. But I, th- I thought it was a pretty good analogy. I did. That's cute.
1: It's, it's adorable.
0: Okay. That didn't that didn't sound great coming out of your mouth. Greg. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> no, I, I see I see the analogy and like I said, dude, you know how people are, man. If you mention anything about Bosco or Modern Day, you're gonna have one side upset and then you'll have everybody else who just wants to be upset because it's the popular thing to do. Yeah. To be upset. Good point. So Yep. Bosco definitely can, can play the bully role very well. They're big, physical and mean, and then Modern Day definitely has a, a you know Suit. their track record of, of being able to knock off the bully uh, the last couple of years is you can't argue with that either so there you go
0: yeah yeah no question so anyways that is our show for today thank you so much for joining us um hopefully this Friday not hopefully we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna mark it down Friday we will have a report from the modern day college showcase I know what's going on Wednesday which is today because that's when you're gonna be hearing this but the Modern Day Showcase will have a report. We'll air it on Friday, so please be tuning in. Looking forward to seeing um, all the new pieces from Modern Day. C.J. Williams, this, this big defensive end you're talking about, Greg. Um, looking forward to see, uh, you know, Bryce, who's hey, running. Speaking
1: a- of C.J. Williams, I didn't, get, I didn't get to give. Let me give. Let me, let me give a quick two-minute breakdown the Orlando Scandrick tournament. Oh,
0: we didn't talk about the Scandrick tournament. We.
1: We didn't, but you know what? We we've talked so much seven on seven. I think people know already. But let me just say, CJ Williams is the real deal. Yep. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Modern Day's got a slew of receivers. They rolled. Bryce Young was as quick and efficient with the ball as he always is. They just got weapons everywhere. Zamora was extremely good. CJ. On the outside, Christian Dixon was a deep threat. I hope they use him better than they used Huffman Dixon last year as just basically a deep threat until he kind of lost interest. So Dixon, get him involved a little bit. Um, Not playing was Kyron Ware-Hudson, who had a great offseason. He was kind of nursing a little bit of a groin, and they still were were rolling. So uh, secondary-wise, Domani Jackson, again, just a freshman. You can make an argument that he's the most physically gifted DB right now. Um, Elias Ricks is gone. Darion Green-Warren is gone. But Domani Jackson, Jalen Davies, uh, Little Hunter, they're all extremely good. Rajon Davis, for a big linebacker, covers so well down the field. So they weren't, you know, they're going to give up points this year. Mater day will. They don't have the same kind of secondary. You know, I, I saw teams score on them. Cathedral, La Habra, were able to score on them. But just offensively, they're going to put up a ton of points just because that offensive line is so good and their skill players are so good and Bryce is so good. They don't have a running back yet that I, that I know of. So if they you know find one of those Avengers to kind of come in from somewhere, <laughs> they got a chance to have a really good offense. Then defensively, I like their line. I like their linebacker. Just in that secondary before, it, just to say Domani Jackson, Jaden Davis, you we were, we were three four guys. Now that you're one and two guys, so they're going to still gonna be able to lock people up, but you just don't have the depth that you used to have when you had Elias and Darion. So, um, but it was cool. You know, high school seven on seven was cool. You know, Narbonne was rolling early. They got popped by La Habra. Clark Phillips game-winning touchdown. Clark looked great. Um, I like La Habra. Mason West looked really good. Zanelli looked really good throwing it. Uh, the Koontz kid was getting deep like crazy on the outside. Uh, La Habra, watch out for them. I think the surprise of the tournament for some people um, was uh, Grace Brethren, who knocked off Bosco in the first round of the playoffs. Grace is always good. I mean, that's Josh Henderson's team. and We talked about them a ton last year because they went all the way. I think they won a state championship or at least played for a state title um, the last couple years. But they are so disciplined, so well coached. Grace Brethren made a nice run. Uh, Loyola made a nice run. They knocked off a couple teams. Um Anybody else that I'm missing? Los Al made a nice run. I think to the semifinals. Okay. Uh, they got some intriguing pieces there. So it was on their home turf. They obviously were pretty inspired. Uh, they went to the semis before losing to La Havre, but I think they, they upset Calabasas and all their athletes in the quarterfinals. So uh, nice job by Los Al. How
0: did Calabasas uh, look?
1: You know, I, so I got there right after oh, they lost. Oh, okay. Not even to see them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, from what I was told, you know, it was the kind of the usual suspects. Yeah. But you know, props to Los Al for getting that win and playing really well together. Yeah, I got you. So yeah, that was good. It was it was you know it was cool. It was uh you know a little lineman competition, and then you know about an hour and a half from seven on and called a day.
0: Sounds good, GB. Uh, that uh, the Scandia Tournament has always been good. It's been good to me. It's been good to me. It's not too far away from my house. Um, they run a pretty clean tournament. Shout out to my guy. Ivan Stevenson over there helping out. Orlando Skandrick does a pretty good job, and and, I appreciate and respect what he's built with that tournament. So um, good for all the teams, and modern day wins the lineman challenge and the 7-on-7 tournament. Greg, just really quickly, what can you infer, Greg, in terms of modern day this upcoming season based on those two wins?
1: Yeah. No, so I would infer, well, first off, you know, I, I'm sure you would agree, lineman competition and 7-on-7 seven seven, is not real football, so right. we'll, we'll get that out of the way, so people don't say, you know, whine and cry and complain, that it's not real football, I know it's not real football, <laughs> but what I can infer from watching the linemen is, their offensive line is going to be extremely good, they're so in sync with each other, mm. uh, Lavasa was also the other guy, and like you mentioned last year on the show, Lavasa. Ty, Marks, and Miles have been playing together since before they got to, eighth, before they got to high school. Mm-hmm. And then you throw George, Mikey, Hunt in there and just watch them communicate with each other. It was a unit. You know, uh, Watch the alignment challenge, you saw a lot of one-on-one battles. But watching modern day, and literally after Miles would go, it'd be George's turn. And Miles would be like, George, watch for this. And George would watch for that, and he'd kill this guy. And then George, it'd be Ty's turn. And then Ty would take a rep, and then George would say, hey, watch this, and he'd say something. And it was like all, all the way down the line. And every guy would say just, hey, left foot. Or, hey, you know, watch your yeah. long arm. It, it, was cre- it was incredible. I mean, Family. they're all like coaches on the field. Family. They're communication. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Keith? Yeah, so, that's beautiful. It was it was beautiful, honestly. So, you, you see modern day And you watch them offensively in the, in the skill. It's it just they're going to score a lot of points if everybody stays healthy. And everyone kind of, you know. Keeps the egos down. Everyone's gonna want the. Everybody will want the football. If They can keep the egos down. I think they're gonna be good. But again, the one thing that this didn't show either two days was was run blocking and being just you know running running the football and being tough and physical and doing that kind of thing. I talked to Chris King after they lost, and I, Chris, what happened? He goes, Well, what happened is it's May, and I don't care about seven on seven. He kind of said it real real matter of faculty. and he goes, Look. He goes, we don't run a 7-on-7 defense. We run our same 11-on-11 defense out here for 7-on-7. We never really do well at these things. I don't care how well we do. We have 11 blitz packages that I've, that I've put in. We can't run those here, and I'm fine with that. He goes, this is just to get some work. He goes, you know, we got some we got some talented players that are just a little bit inexperienced right now. We'll be fine. And, and I totally buy all that, mm-hmm. right? Some teams have a specific 7-on-7 offense and a specific 7-on-7 defense. That's Bosco, you could tell they were running the same stuff they would run with pads on in eleven eleven, So Bosco's going to be really good. I hope I hope Sarah makes a jump up. That would be fun because, yeah. again, I, I like seeing when Sarah's good. So watch them in the lineman competition and then seeing their skill guys as well. I could infer that Sarah's got a chance to kind of maybe have a step up this season. But just to answer your question specifically, you know, modern day I think everyone thought they're losing guys. They're going to be vulnerable this year. You know, they they shouldn't be the preseason favorites. I would say until someone beats them, they probably should still be the favorite. Mm,
0: mm, mm. We will see, Greg Because Thanks so much, GB. Appreciate all your time. That is going to wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening to the show, for supporting the show. We appreciate you. And uh, be on the lookout, man. We love the sleepers. And uh, be on the lookout. We got some things cooking in the pot. It's your boy Coach Keith. It's your man Greg Biggins, the transparent truth. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name, Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.